International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. This is what happens. We get in a situation where we desperately want God's blessing and God's help in our lives. And then we get instructions. You know, this is what we're supposed to do. And we obey just long enough for the pressure to come off. And then we quit. Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today we continue our study in the book of Ezra as Dr. Shaw tells us more about what happened with God's people as they finally returned to rebuild the temple and Jerusalem, they encountered opposition. Big surprise. And they kind of caved under the pressure. They got distracted. Do we do that? Do we give up on our mission for God too easily when things get distracting? Here's Dr. Kevin Shaw reading to us from Ezra chapter 5 and a message called Consider your ways. Ezra chapter 5. And Ezra 5, I'm not actually going to preach Ezra 5. Ezra 5 is just going to give us the um, introduction to the passage I'm going to preach. And so let's take a look. Ezra 5, beginning of verse 1. Then the prophets, Haggai, the prophet, And Zechariah, the son of Iddo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the house, in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedek, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you bless your word. Lord, there's truth here. There's so much truth for us. Lord, I pray that you will help us to grasp it, to learn it, to abide by it, to apply its, its principles to our lives even now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we come to Ezra chapter 5. It's really interesting because it tells this story here. And it talks about um, the children of Israel and Haggai and, and Zechariah in particular um, writing their books, preaching their message. And if you're 
wondering, is this the Haggai like the book Haggai and the prophet, the, the book Zechariah? Yes, that's exactly what is talking about here. Now, let's just go back to the scenario. The children of Israel had been in captivity for 70 years. The Babylonians had swept through Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar took all of the leadership, including people like Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, or you might know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and took them and took them to Babylon. And so they're in Babylon for 70 years. And at the end of the 70 years, the Persians conquer the Babylonians. And Cyrus, who is the king of the Persians, begins to take people who had been displaced by the Babylonians and send them back to their native lands. Of course, this displacing of people was a common practice in the ancient world. When you took people out of their homeland and you moved them to someplace else, they could not form alliances and rebellions as easily. So it was a way of controlling people. And those who are in leadership and who have been in leadership throughout all of human history have always sought for ways to keep the population under control. That might be something just to keep in mind even now. And so there, there was that process. And so he, Cyrus, who's the king of the Persians, said, I want you to go back and I want you to rebuild the temple, which is in Jerusalem. And he gave him all the vessels of the temple that Nebuchadnezzar the Babylonian had stolen and taken away. And so he gives them all the vessels of the temple. They come back to the land. They remember, they, they lay the foundation for the temple and everybody's rejoicing and it's wonderful. There were some of the old people who remembered what the old temple looked like. They're weeping. The, the young people are shouting for joy. It's this great time. And they begin to build the temple. They begin to lay the foundations. And as they lay the foundations, we saw this in chapter 4, opposition begins to come. And the opposition begins to come from the people who are occupying the land. They'd settled in. They got their privileges. They had their houses. They had their, their place. Now they were feeling they were feeling threatened. And these weren't necessarily Israelites. These were people who were brought to the land before the Babylonians. We had the Assyrians, the Syrian Empire, which is followed by the Babylonian Empire, which is followed by the Persian Empire. And so these were people that were displaced to the northern kingdom by the Assyrians and had intermingled with people and they'd created this this false sense of Judaism that sort of named the name of Jehovah, but it also included pagan rituals. There's this sort of syncretism. By the way, syncretism in religion is something that is still happening even today. And so they had created that, and they, they started to oppose. First, they wanted to join and then when they couldn't join, they began to intimidate. And when they didn't intimidate, then they began the legal proceedings. And, and, and we, we see all of this process till they, till they finally came to the point where we see at the end of chapter 4 that the work of the temple ceased because of opposition. People sort of made their way to their houses. And for 15 to 16 years, it, the work sat half done. Now imagine that. It would be rather discouraging to see something get started and then it just sits half done. And maybe you've been around a church building project that happens that way. You know, it just starts and then it gets just half done and not completely finished. And, uh, or, you know, some other type of project. You know, some building types of projects, you've seen those. I remember... For years, 
if you lived in this area, used to drive down Union Hills Drive right across the street from Deer Valley High School was they were building at one time in the 90s a senior center. And that place sat for like 10 years just as a shell of a place. And it wasn't long, it wasn't, it wasn't long ago that they finally finished that place out and you know, began to use it. But you know, this place is sitting half done and that's where we are when we come to this passage of Scripture. People have gone home. They're building their houses. They're planting their fields. They're raising their families. They're going about their business. They're doing all the stuff that they would normally do with life as they start, as they start to repopulate the land. But the purpose for which they had come back to the nation of Israel, back to Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple, that purpose was lost. It is so easy in our lives to get off of our purpose. Now, I want to apply this also to a church because this is what we have been doing as we have been going through the book of Ezra. We're talking about the idea of this collective corporate task that these people had to work together to accomplish something. And their working together to accomplish something was building the temple. God has called churches together to a corporate task. He's given us gifts and abilities and all of that. And that, that task is the gospel of Jesus Christ and transformed lives. But it is possible for churches and people in this age to get sidetracked from our primary task and get focused upon other things because things didn't go so well. And you see this. I can think of different ways in which this is applied in people's lives. You end up in a conflict or something with somebody in a church and you decide to stay home. You know, you just don't have the heart to go back or you don't uh, or, you know, there's some other negative experience and it gets you off track. And then you start getting focused upon other things because when you create an empty space in your life that is intended to be filled by relationships with people and a purpose in life, you tend to fill those, those, that emptiness with other things. And you start to fill it with hobbies and other activities and other purposes, which sometimes aren't even evil in themselves They have just become a substitute for the thing you're supposed to be doing. And so that's what happens. That's where the children of Israel are as we come to chapter 5. Are we doing what God has called us to do? Or are we just living life according to what we want to do? You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we study the book of Ezra with part one of a message titled, Consider Your Ways. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry also going on at his church, Northwest. It's called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. 
All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. Please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church for more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts. Call 623-581-3115. And now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as we talk about a couple of prophets that God raises up during this time of distraction among God's people back in Ezra's day. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on us? even when we give up on ourselves and on him? Here's Dr. Shaw. Now it says, then the prophet Haggai and the prophet Zechariah. So you have the two prophets that begin prophesying, Haggai and Zechariah. Haggai preaches to them about their problems right now. Zechariah talks about the future and the big picture. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to then take a look at what happens between chapter 5, Ezra chapter 5, verse 1, and Ezra chapter 5, verse 2. Now, when you read your Bible, you have to be careful that you don't assume that it's all in there. Now, everything that God wants for you to have is in there, but there are all kinds of stuff that are happening behind the story when you get this, just this summary of the story, you say, well, is that really a biblical principle? Yes, it is. Actually, John, the Apostle John, when he comes to the end of his gospel, talks about the fact that, you know, we've recorded this, but if we were to record all the things that Jesus said and done, it's like the world couldn't even contain all the books it would take to write it. In other words, what he's saying is you have a synopsis, a select group of stories and events and things from the life of Jesus, but don't assume that this is all of it. And that's the same thing here. You don't assume that it's all of it. Now, what's fascinating for me is, and I think it's for you, I I preach what is interesting to me, um, is how this book of Haggai, what is it that these prophets actually said? In this context. So let's go to Haggai chapter 1, and we're going to spend at least two Sundays in the book of Haggai. And so if you don't know where that is, that's in the minor prophets. The minor prophets are not minor because they're less important. They're called minor prophets because they're not quite as long as the major prophets. They're shorter books. The book of Haggai is just two chapters. And so here the preaching to the people. Where the work has stopped. Here's the preaching to the people. In the second year of Darius, king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, corresponds with the timing that we saw in the book of Ezra. Came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel. Now, a couple of things that I want you to notice. This is God's message through the prophet to the people. Okay? And it's being delivered to the leadership of the people who are then going to, t- going to um, declare this message that is going to the leadership to all of the people. And he says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Is God with you in what you're doing? I'm not asking about his omnipresence. But is he on board with the agenda that you have for your life right now? 
Is he with you? Young people often seek the Lord, but they get off track as they trace their priorities through years of life. You know, they make a decision at a campfire. Or they make decisions other places in their life, and they decide, this is what I'm going to do with my life, this is where I'm going to go with my life. But then, you know, they get into college, and then they get you know, married, and then they get children, and they get things going, and you know, life starts to take on a, a path of its own. It's easy to be distracted. And I say it's easy to be distracted with, because I'm, I personally being distracted is one of my problems. This is what happened to the children of Israel. God was seeking their attention, and they were missing his message. Is God trying to say something to you? He does not always speak overtly. He sometimes speaks in circumstances. His most powerful messages are when providential circumstances are accompanied by prophetic messages. This happens. This is what happens here. You have the circumstances things that are happening in the lives of the children of Israel. And then you have the prophet saying, okay, let me tell you about why these things are happening in your life. You put those two things together, and that's a powerful message. Now, you say, does God do stuff like that to us now? Sure, God does stuff like that to us now. How does he do that? Well, you have these circumstances of life that are happening, and then you open the word of God. Have you ever had this? And then there's this verse that's like, Oh, oh, that's it. As he connects his word to your life and opens your eyes to see why that is happening, because there it is right there. And so this, this, this is what happens. His most powerful messages are when providential circumstances are accompanied by prophetic message. This is what happens here in Haggai. And so he asks a couple of questions. And I'm going to ask some questions of you. Okay, that's simply, he, he does this question. Is it time? These people say, is it time to come, time to build their, uh, the Lord's house and the house should be built? Here, first question is this. Are you procrastinating obligations that God wants you to accomplish now? You see, one of the ways we get distracted is through procrastination. Right? And it's amazing what happens with procrastination. I'll do it tomorrow. But then I don't do it tomorrow, and I say, well, it'll, it'll be next, you know, next day or next week. And then we keep putting it off, but the longer you put it off, the less likely you are to do it, right? Until the point comes where you put it off so long, now you don't even have the heart to do it because you're ashamed because you've been putting it off. And so the procrastination is like a snowball, and it continues to make more procrastination. The children of Israel had been procrastinating building the temple for 16 years. It's kind of hard to get things back in order. You know, you take the old farmer. Some of you all, you know that old farmer, or the, the, you know, the, the, it doesn't have to be an old farmer, just the old guy you know, that kind of fixes things up himself. They have the, TV is full of these shows of people going to you know, people's house and digging through their junk and finding treasures and stuff like that. Have you ever noticed how there are these people that are like in their 70s and their properties are covered 
with projects they're planning to get to someday. And, and you know, somebody's trying to buy this stuff from them. They say, oh, no. I'm going to do that at some point. You're in your 70s. You don't have enough years yet to get all that stuff done. I'm sorry to say anything. To you. I'm not trying to. It's just, you know, when you have 50 years of projects lined up, you're just not going to get it all done. And so you got that old car, you know, I'm going to fix it up. Not today, but the next day. And then you're going to fix it, not, not, well, you know, maybe next week. And maybe when I get, when I, and meanwhile, it sits there and it rusts and it deteriorates and it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse till what you have to do is call some junker to take it and take it to the, the, the junkyard. Because we procrastinated. Now, here's, here's what it says. Thus spaketh the Lord of hosts. The time has not come that the Lord's house should be built. Now, here's what they were saying. You know, we're facing opposition. It just must not be the right time. Is there ever a time when it's not the right time to accomplish a task? Stay tuned. Dr. Shaw will answer that question when he comes back. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. You can visit daretostand.org and follow the link to the church website at nwbbc.org, where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons or call us at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623-581-3115. Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. And you are always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague, encouraging you to tune in next time as we continue our study in the book of Ezra with more of a message called, Consider Your Ways. And now here's Dr. Shaw to answer the question about the right time to accomplish something for God. Do join us next time 
For more, right here on Dare to Stand. There are some times when that statement is accurate, it's not the right time. But there are a lot of times when that statement is an excuse. Well, so how do you know when that statement's an excuse? Well, one of the ways you know is when God tells you. And that's what happens in this case. Let's continue reading verse 3. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O you, to dwell in your sealed house and this house lie waste? They said, It's not time. And Haggai says, Is it time? 